represented uh, Tanzania at the Mexico Olympics and what he didn't realise was of course that the altitude would affect him so greatly. In fact, uh, because of the altitude of Mexico City, so many of the athletes were, uh, were affected that uh, out of the, uh, I think, how many started? I think there were uh, 75 started, only 57 finished. The others dropped out of the race because of the high altitude and they did not have the stamina to see their way through. About the 19 kilometre uh, out of the 42 kilometres, about the 19 kilometre mark, there was a lot of jostling for position and uh, he got jostled and fell. And when he fell over, he badly damaged his knee. He dislocated his knee and also damaged his shoulder. And yet he got up and he ran. And many times on the remainder remain of the journey, people tried to get him to stop. And he just refused to quit. And this is a man who finished the race. You could see there it was dark when he finished. All the others had finished. Uh, the earliest one was there over an hour. The awards had already been given out. Uh, the majority of people in the grandstand had gone and about an hour after the first had come in and seen and been acknowledged and got their award, uh, there was a, a, a sound of sirens and uh, there was the flashing lights of the police, bikes and cars and everyone stood up to see what was happening and this man, John Stephen Akari, came in and he was the last to finish that day. In spite of all the pain, in spite of all the difficulty, in spite of the, uh, the damage to his, uh, to his knee, the damage to his leg, the damage to his arm, he finished the race. And I think the words that he said are absolutely the words of a valiant man. My, my, my country did not send me 5,000 miles to start a race. They sent me 5,000 miles to finish a race. And uh, it's just extraordinary courage and inner strength. That's a valiant man. He's valiant not because he went to the Olympics and he did great in the race. He went to the Olympics and he held on when there's every reason to give up. I think this is a sign of a valiant man. You know, at any point, he could have been persuaded to give up. There was every reason to give up. He had an injured leg, dislocated leg. He was hurt. He had every reason to give up. If he'd given up, no one would have said anything against him. But he persevered. He refused to give up because he had a sense of purpose. His life had been leading up to this challenge and he had a great sense of purpose in his life. He refused to quit and he, re he remained loyal to the trust his country had put in him. He was the representative of the country. He wasn't just coming as an individual. He was coming on behalf of the country. So he's representing a country and he held in his heart a deep sense that I need to remain loyal and finish what I've started. I think that's a sign of a valiant man, a great and a valiant man. He persevered and fulfilled his commitment. And I think just in seeing that, you can see what a valiant man would look like. It's someone who has a purpose in their life. It's someone who understands that they're called by God to represent heaven and the earth. Uh, a person who understands that my life is here to make a mark. A person who doesn't swerve aside and give up when there's reason to do so. A person who doesn't quit when it's difficult or it's hard or they've been injured and hurt or set back in some kind of way. A person who determines I'm going to remain loyal to what God has called me to do and I will finish my race. Paul said that at the end of his life. I've finished my course, I've run my race, and a crown is laid up for me. There's another example of a valiant man. And I believe that this man is a tremendous example of a valiant man. I looked up what happened to him after this. When he went back to his own nation, he was awarded Hero of the Nation medal, because, not because of his achievement on the track, but because 
of his courage and stamina. His inner spirit, the character that caused him to refuse to quit when he had every reason to do so. And uh, the second thing I found out about him was a foundation was named after him to honour him and that foundation funds and helps the training of all athletes who are preparing for the Olympic Games in his nation. I also found out about him that when uh, they ran the Olympics the following year, he became the torchbearer that ran through the nation carrying the light. He symbolised what it's like to be a valiant man. And uh, a few years ago, someone wrote a song and uh, it was uh, when the Olympics were held in China, you'll remember that well, not so long ago, but they wrote a song called The Hero. And the, the song The Hero was based on this man's journey. And what they did was they went and found him again. And he's a father of six children. He's a farmer working to somewhere in the back blocks of Tanzania. And he became an honorary ambassador to China because he represented courage. He represented what it's like to be a valiant man. And so they made a video of him as part of that song and they played it at the Olympic Games. What an amazing person. Came from nowhere, no chance of winning, but he refused to quit. What an amazing thing when it looks like you can't win and you can't succeed and you can't do what you thought you'd do, but you just don't quit. That's courage. That's a valiant man. And I believe God is looking for valiant men. I believe our nation's looking for valiant men. God is looking for valiant men. Throughout the Bible, God looks for valiant men. And the interesting thing is valiant men aren't always obvious. Uh, we have to actually pull out of a man or pull out of any person what God has put inside them. And it's quite interesting to see how God treats men. Often in our culture, men get criticised, run down, the faults are pointed out, and so men live in a culture which is quite hostile to being valiant. Men struggle with all kinds of inadequacies and all kinds of different things. But when God deals with a man, God treats men with a great deal of respect. And uh, I want to show you just a few people in the Bible and how God treated them. You know, to be a valiant is to be bold, to be courageous, to hold fast to the commitments in the face of adversity, to face your fear and wrestle with it and still deal with it anyway. A valiant man is a person who's got moral courage, knows what's the right thing to do and does it knows what needs to be said and says it. That's a valiant man. And God is looking for valiant men. But what God calls a valiant man, we wouldn't call a valiant man. We would look and criticise and find fault. But God always speaks to what's in, our heart, what's in our potential. He always sees what you could be. Let me just give you a few examples. Here's a man in the Bible, and this man was illegitimate. He was the son of a prostitute, born out of wedlock, born in an adulterous affair. But God raised him up, and called him a mighty man of faith, a mighty man of valour. His name was Jephthah, and he changed a nation. There's another man, and this man was extremely fearful. In fact, he was so fearful, he was hiding. It was very difficult times, and he was hiding himself. And God spoke to him, and God's words were to him, to this fearful man in hiding, you mighty man of valour. God always sees what you could be. He sees what you've designed you to be. He's, he's designed every one of us to be mighty men of valour. And so that man's name was Gideon and he changed his nation. There's a man that you would know of by the name of Samson and Samson's generally associated with sexual sin and sexual failure. But in the New Testament, God talks about him as a mighty hero of faith, a valiant man. God dismisses the failure, not that it wasn't important, but God's grace overcomes failures and turns ordinary people who failed into great people. 
And so Samson is acknowledged by the Holy Ghost in the book of Hebrews as being a valiant and a mighty man. There's another man in the Bible who had a real anger problem, followed him through all his life, actually never got the victory over it. He'd just have outbursts of anger. And in fact, one of his outbursts, he actually intentionally killed a man. And yet God calls that man a mighty van of valor, and his name was Moses. And he's known in the Bible in Hebrews 11 as a great man of valor. So why is it that God can see, why is it God can speak and call a person a great man of valor when we look and we see someone who's fearful, someone who's failed, someone who's got all kinds of issues? Because God sees what we can be. And when we respond to God, then we become the very thing he wants us to be. There's another man in the Bible, quite a famous man really, and this man was actually a coward, quite fearful. In fact, when someone else thought his wife was very attractive and, uh, and thought uh, they might like his wife, he lied and said it was his sister and the man took his wife to be with him. That man's a coward and yet God calls him the father of faith. So we look at people and we see fearful cowards who have failed. We look around and we see all kinds of problems in people but when God looks, he sees a room full of mighty men of valour, valiant men. He sees you potentially as a valiant man. If God was to speak to you, God knows all our faults, He knows all our weaknesses, all our shortcomings. But when God speaks to you, He speaks to what you could be, you mighty man of valour. What about Peter? Peter was a vacillator. He was proud and he was uh, boisterous. And and, uh, then when a woman came and challenged him, he fell over and he ran away from Jesus. And and he just ran away altogether. But Jesus, in his first speaking to him, he says, your name is Simon, but I'm calling you Rock. You see, God saw a mighty man of valour. He saw a man who would lay his life down one day for the faith. God doesn't see you like people see you. God sees what you could be. And he sees a room full of mighty men and women of valour. The key is we must connect with God. In one of the Psalms it said, through our God we shall do valiantly. God in your life is what makes the difference. It's the place you give God in your life. And the one thing that was common with all of those men is they found a place of faith and rest and trust in God and they outwork what God had for them. And God says, that's a valiant man and wrote it down for us to hear that valiant men are not without faults. Valiant men have learned to trust God and live out their life according to the purpose that God has for them. We've got lots of valiant people here. Of course, the greatest and the most valiant person of all that you read about in the Bible is Jesus Christ himself. Let me just read you one verse and then we'll just close up. In John chapter 17. John chapter 17. Read about a valiant man. You may not have thought of Jesus this way, but when Jesus left heaven and came to the earth, left aside all his authority, all his power, he left aside all his glory, all his ability naturally. He lived by faith, depending on the Holy Spirit. And in John 17, verse 3 and 4, he said, Now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the one true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So eternal life is a relationship. I have glorified you on earth. I have finished the work you gave me to do. So Jesus at the end of his life said, I have finished the work that you gave me to do. And then he laid his life down. I was thinking about some of the things that he did that made him a valiant man. The first thing is he had a call in his life that he chose to fulfill. He remained true to the call right through to even giving his life up to die. Second thing I noticed is that he lived his life 
out of kingdom values. He remained true to the values of the kingdom of God. He never compromised to please people. A third thing I noticed about Jesus was he refused to conform to what other people expected of him. He followed and was very true to himself and to what the Holy Ghost spoke into his heart. He was a valiant man. People got lots of ideas about Jesus, but he was a valiant man. He refused to quit or to retaliate when people opposed him, abused him and spoke evil of him. He managed to keep his nature under control, under management. A valiant man can manage their emotions. In the face of pain and death, he went to prayer. And in his place of prayer, he poured out his emotions. He's not ashamed to show what he really felt. But then he yielded to the will of God in spite of fear and concern about what was about to happen to him. That's a valiant man. And then when he's on the cross suffering and dying, he found grace in his heart to forgive people who had abused him and were still abusing him. That's a valiant man. And when he was on the cross and someone next to him was in need, even though he was suffering and even though his own needs were overwhelming, he helped that man and ushered that man into eternity. He showed compassion on someone. That's a valiant man. When he's on the cross and he's dying, he had concern for his mother and made sure she was provided for her. That's a valiant man. When Jesus died, he didn't have his life taken away. He gave up his life that you and I could be free. That is a valiant man. When you look at the life of Jesus Christ, you'll never find anyone like him who's such a valiant man. And this is what Jesus said. This is a very great thing. This is an amazing scripture. The Bible says, to every person who received him, made him welcome, embraced him into their life. Receiving someone releases what they have to give to you. When you reject someone or find fault with them, you can't receive what they have to give to you. There were some places Jesus went where people couldn't receive what he had. There's some places he went he could do no mighty miracle because of disrespect and familiarity and they would not receive him. But those who received him, he gives power. Those who believe to put their trust in him, he gave power to become a valiant man. The Bible's very clear. When you receive Christ, when you put your trust in him and commit your life to him, you have the ability to be like him and be a valiant man. It's interesting, I'm talking to Bryden about the trees and the grafting of the trees and they said you have a lot of different tree roots but once you graft it in it just takes on the nature of that thing you've grafted in. And we get grafted to Jesus, we come connected to him, we're to take on his life. So let me challenge you to think about your life. Do you see yourself as a valiant man? We're talking to men and women today. God sees you as a valiant man, a valiant woman. God sees you as a person who is called and has a mission, something you're called to accomplish with your life in the community, something you're called to do that no one else can do. And if you will do that and see it through, you will be a valiant person. You're not called to copy me. You're not called to copy the person next to you. You're called to discover what God called you to do. And if you'll do that and won't quit, you're a valiant person. So you could be a valiant husband, a valiant wife. You could be a valiant person. But you've got to link with God first and connect with his purpose for you and then determine no matter what happens, you'll never quit. When I saw that video, I was so inspired. I thought, that is what a valiant man looks like. He came last in the race. So it's not what his performance was like. But he came last in a great way. He refused to quit. He had a valiant spirit. And I think that could be true 
and it could be said of you. But the trouble is your race isn't over yet. You're still in the middle of it. So where are you at in your race in life right now? Are you connected to Jesus Christ? How are you walking with him? Do you know what you're called to do? And are you still going strong or has something caused you to quit and give up? Are you still engaged in serving him, building his house, advancing his kingdom? Or has something gone out and you found a reason why you could stop the race? One of the greatest tragedies I've seen over many years is many Christians, for whatever reason, just stop running their race. And there's hundreds of reasons people can find, but they won't count when you get to heaven because just as that crowd was watching, you know the thing I found was interesting? They stood and they cheered when the valiant man came in. Long after the winner had taken his gold, the greatest shout came to the valiant man who finished in spite of adversity. And there's a crowd of witnesses in heaven waiting for you to finish your race. Will they see you coming like he did? No matter what's happened, I finish my course. Or will you quit on the way? Why don't we just close our eyes right now? I just want to ask you a couple of questions and you let the Holy Spirit just speak to your heart. The first thing I want to ask is, are you a Christian? Have you given your life to Jesus Christ yet? This is the most important decision because receiving him into your life imparts to you a new nature that makes you a valiant man. The first thing you could do would be to receive Christ today. There may be someone here today and you're separated from God. Your life is lived without God. You're lost and have no purpose in life. But God would give that to you today through relationship with Jesus Christ. To everyone who received and believed on him, he gave power to become a child of God. If that's you today and you don't know Jesus Christ, would you like to receive him today? As many as receive him. That's every person. I'd love you just to raise your hand and say, I want to become a Christian. I want to give my life to Jesus today. I want to become a Christian. You know, going to church doesn't make you a Christian. It's a relationship with him. Would you raise your hand if you're ready to give your life to Christ today? Let me just see your hands. Or anyone here today, just let me see. You want to give your life to Christ? Want to become a Christian? Anyone here today? God bless, dear. Anyone else? Anyone here today? I wonder today, just thinking about this, in your race, have you stumbled and injured yourself? Are you using that as an excuse? It may be someone else's fault and that stumbled you. It may be someone let you down and that stumbled you. It may be someone you trusted and betrayed you and that stumbled you. It may be that something that you really were looking forward to never happened and that stumbled you. And so you fell heavenly and injured yourself. I want to know this. Have you quit? Or are you still on your feet, determined to finish your race? If you've quit, today you could get up again. You could just make that to get up again. And this is what I like to do with all our eyes closed, all our heads about. I'm not even asking you what the issue is. But if you felt the Lord speak to you clearly today, you are a valiant man. You need to get back into the race. It's not over yet for you. If you felt God speak that way and perhaps somewhere, somehow, you've stumbled and you're not running like you once did, would you like to stand right now? Just stand where you are. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. You're standing as a, it's just an acknowledgement. God, I'm standing up. I'm getting back in the race. I can see what's happened. I see what affected me. I'm getting back in the race. God bless, God bless, God bless. Anyone else today? Anyone else? God bless, God bless. Father, I just thank you for people today that have made that commitment afresh to follow you. 
Father, I pray you'll bless them, heal them, restore them, strengthen them. And Lord, they will passionately pursue you. We pray for the power of your spirit to come on them. In Jesus' mighty name. Everyone said, Amen. Turn to someone and say, You're a valiant man. You're a valiant man. Have a happy Father's Day today. Have a great day today. I'll be speaking and sharing again tonight. Come along and bring a friend. Have a fantastic day today. And God bless you.